You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Imagine waking up to a world that's as clear as your dreams. With Zeiss Smile technology, this is your reality. At Fichte, Endel, and Elmer Eye Care, our mission is your vision. Conducted by a team of expert surgeons leveraging leading-edge technology, our procedure is safeguarded, swift, and tailored to your eye care needs. Say goodbye to the limits of glasses or contacts. Embrace a world where your vision keeps pace with your life's aspirations. Contact us today at 800-309-2020 or visit us online at ficta.com. At Ficta Endel and Elmer Eye Care, we are focused on you. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Jay Spence the King, and y'all know what it is. It's Wednesday. That means it is hump day. It is hump day hotline. My man Joe Miller is not joining me this week because he is across the pond. He's out there with hopefully a bunch of Bills fans getting ready to enjoy uh, Sunday's matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the Jacksonville Jaguars out in London. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a good game. I'm hoping that it's going to be a good game at least. Uh, so we'll get into it i got a special guest joining me today from SB Nation, one of my brothers in the industry. He's doing big things, great things. Uh, got a chance to link with him down at the uh, Senior Bowl down in uh, Mobile, at a, Mobile, Mobile, I don't know what it is, Mobile, Alabama. Had a great time down there this year. Uh, so we're going to talk about that game. We're going to talk about uh, this past week's game with the Jaguars, and we'll also talk about it for the Bills, uh, both the previous games, to kind of see what both teams can look forward to going into this game. But uh, before I bring him in, I just want to talk a little bit. I want to flex a little bit about the Buffalo Bills, man. Like I know yesterday on on Code of Conduct, I talked a little bit about how everybody was coming into this game against the Dolphins. Everybody was talking about how the Dolphins had the best offense of all time and uh, how they were just going to destroy the Bills. And the Bills were frauds. And the AFC East goes through Miami now and it doesn't go through Buffalo. And then Sean McDermott led this defense out and the defense absolutely destroyed now you can say spence it wasn't quite a destroying because they still scored 20 points look there's an interception that typically goes our way instead of being bounced in the air twice the tip drill and then it went to waddle on that 
I believe it was the first drive, as opposed to being an interception like it was supposed to be. Seven points given up there. Um, we left points on the field a couple times. I'm not saying that in a way to critique Josh or anybody. The offense looked amazing. We scored 40, what do we score? 42 points on, or 41 points on offense. I'm not mad on about the offense one bit, not one bit. So I'm not complaining. But what I'm saying is that defense, that defense, it's phenomenal. And I know I joked a bit on Twitter this week or, or X, whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, we have the best defensive coordinator in the league. Am I joking? If you look around the NFL, there are some defenses that are playing well. The Jets, obviously, amazing every year. I, I hate how well they play on defense because um, it makes it tough for me to not root for them. And they're in our division and I hate, our, you know, I hate them, but I'm a defensive guy. I love defense. I love being able uh, to run the football. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much a guy that, that Rex Ryan would love to have around all the time. He wants to build a bully when he was coaching, right? He wanted great defensive play, strong ability to run the football, and then some good play action. When you have a quarterback like Josh Allen, you don't have to build your team that way. But I'm thinking that this year is exactly the type of team that somebody like Rex Ryan would love. This defense is fast. It's aggressive. It's phenomenal. And it gets to it, it gets to the quarterback. They cause turnovers. They Their hands are always up. Great team. And then on offense, now you bring in the running backs that we brought in during the offseason to go with James Cook. The Buffalo Bills can run the ball whenever they feel like it, and it doesn't have to be Josh Allen. Think about how amazing that is. So this entire time that we've had Josh Allen, we've had pretty decent numbers as a team. We've we've led in certain areas, and we've been like top five, top ten units as a team for running stats. But then you take out Josh Allen's 800 yards or 600 yards for the season, and it drops the team dramatically. This year, that won't be the case. This season, if Josh Allen gets to 400 yards rushing, that might that's a surprise. That's a surprise. Just based on how the games are going right now. Like last year, um, you, you can look at how, um, what did he have last year? I'm sure somebody in the comments there will help me. But right now, if you're looking at his rushing for the season, he has one game, two games over 30 yards. So the Jets, he had 36 yards rushing. In Washington, he had 46 yards rushing. Otherwise, seven yards against the, the, the Raiders and then 17 yards against the Dolphins. That's not the Josh Allen we know. Like, typically – from before, we've seen Josh Allen, he's scrambling all game. He's giving you 60 yards, 70 yards rushing. And I can pull up plenty of games where he's done that. Now you can tell he's taking that check down every time. I love that. I love what the offense is bringing. Ken Dorsey, I beat you up before. Bill's Mafia beat you up before. Let me show you some love. Let me give you some love because, bro, if this is if this is the game plan and this is going to be the Josh Allen that we see, the guy that we saw for the last three weeks, if we're going to see this going forward, it's going to be tough for any defense to stop him. I kind of can't wait. I can't wait for the Jets again. Now, I get it. It's still not the same because Aaron's not going to be there. But look, we lost and Aaron wasn't there. That defense was phenomenal. I want to see Josh Allen use this same type of game plan against the New York Jets. What is it about the Jets and Josh Allen, man? 
It's the hardest game of the year every year for him. He forces things. He, ha- I mean, he has to fight for everything against the Jets. I want to see him play the way he did these last three weeks against the Jets. And also, I want to shout out all Dolphins fans uh, that I've interacted with over the last week. It's been fun. I like this new rivalry between Bills and, and Dolphins. I know it was an old rivalry as well in the 90s and the 80s, and teams absolutely hated each other. I think I'm enjoying it. It's fun. I think it's a lot of fun. So I'm I'm enjoying it, and I would like for everybody else to continue to enjoy it. I think it's a pretty dope, um, you know, it's a it's a dope thing. To, it's, just, it's a dope aspect to add to everything about this rivalry. You know, it's like now Dolphins fans are coming up to the, to the Bill Stadium and it's fun. Like we talk our stuff, but it's fun. We can tailgate together. Every time I go down to Miami, it's a good time. I hate you for those 60 minutes. I hate every do- I hate you. And let me let me put that loathe. <laughs> I hate despise you during those 60 minutes. But after the game is over, man, come on, let's take a shot to this Bill's big dubs. You know what I'm saying? Let's hot. Big dubs. Shout out to Smoke. Shout out to all my other, um, my homegirl Gina, who's a big Dolphins fan and a ton of Dolphins fans. Shout out to all of y'all. Hold that L for the rest of the season until we see y'all again in January. Can't wait to come down to Miami and kick it with y'all. Um, I hope I hope you don't fall apart by the end of the season. Okay? I hope y'all don't fall apart by the end of the season. Now, before I bring in my special guest, I do want to um, have a little bit of a conversation. Not big. I'm not going to talk long on it. But I'm wearing this this dope crew neck. You can't see the whole thing here, but it says broken crayons, still color. And I just want to take a second to let everybody know that October, the month of October, is Depression Awareness Month. And um, a lot of people who suffer from depression don't talk about it because um, it's not one of those things that people feel comfortable about. A lot of times, um, a lot of times people will hide it. They feel like a bother. They feel like, um, you know, they're not enhancing or making anybody's life better. They feel like they're a problem to people. It's not true. I just want everybody to know whoever's suffering, uh, or dealing with depression, you got help. You got people who love you. You got people who want to be in your life and people who are better because you are in their life. So I just want to encourage everybody. I know uh, last year I pretty much I, I um I lived publicly through a very personal time and it was difficult and I tried to maintain myself as much as possible um, when doing shows and, and interviews or whatever and, and things come up about the shooting at Tops. Um, but it did more that did a lot to me more than just like missing my Aunt Pearl. It was also it was traumatic. I shouldn't have watched the video. Um, I watched the video and I, I saw the whole thing, and um, it it was it was kind of seared in my brain. I kept seeing it. I kept seeing it, and it it bothered me. It destroyed me for quite a bit. And look, depression doesn't look the same for everybody. So I was able to maintain and do my shows and um, come to certain games and try to, but even certain things. I was standoffish. I wasn't the normal. And I feel like I'm just now getting back to a place that I'm happy and I can um, speak to people and I can help um, influence like good, positive moments for people. But again, depression hits everybody differently. And and when it hit me, it hit me in a way where um, being somebody who tries to be in the public eye as much as possible, it makes it difficult to to 
get that energy built up to do things. I just want to encourage anybody who may be going through this. Um, look, I am here. I am an ally. I love you. Reach out whenever you need. If you follow me on Twitter, hit me up. If you're not, if I'm not following back, just let me know. I'll follow you back. DMs are open for people who need somebody in a moment like um I don't even want to describe any moment because it's different for everybody, but some are very, very serious and some are less serious. But for everybody who's dealing with it, it's serious to you. And I just want to make sure that I let everybody know, like, look, I'm here for you. I am here for you. So, all right, let me uh, bring my guests in and let's get to it. Hey, football fans, the season is here. So you know that means family, football, and food. But for the NFL's best fan base, it can't be just any food. Bill's Mafia only eats the best during the season. And the best is Picasso's Pizza. With four great locations in Western New York, it's so easy to treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza. Shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. All right, ladies and gentlemen, y'all know, I, look, every time I bring a guest on, it's because they're a big deal. And my guy, JP, is a big deal. Let me tell you, I don't even know how to introduce him because he wears so many doggone hats for SB Nation. JP, what's going on, man? Nothing much, man. It's good to be on. It's good to be on. Good to be talking to you again. I'm, I'm ready to have some fun. Yeah, well, first tell the people, because you really do wear, you do so many different things. What do you do for SB Nation? So... The best way I can describe it is anywhere where there is football being played, I'm probably there. I write about college football, write about the NFL for SB Nation. I work for the NFL draft at SB Nation. So, like I said, anywhere where there's football being played, I'm probably tweeting about it, probably going to be talking about it somewhere. But it's fun. It's fun wearing a lot of hats sometimes. Um, Establish the fun is my column I write every week about things I just find that are cool in the NFL and in college football. So they let me have a lot of leeway. Well, he does a great job, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not following him, make sure you go and follow him on socials. And again, I know, you know, he's a Jags fan, so that's why we have him on this week. But he's a football fan and he gives a lot of good information. His articles are always good. So make sure you go and follow him and check him out. Uh, but let's get into this game, man. Like before we talk about this one coming up, let's talk about what you just did against against the Falcons. I feel like for Jags fans, you kind of needed that, you know, and I hate it. I hate even saying that you needed that because I'm actually a Jags fan, not this week. Like this week is 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 war, but I'm a Jags fan. So just talk to me a little bit about, you know, like the expectations for your team going into the season and then how they look as of now going into this weekend. Yeah. So going into the season, it was kind of felt that the Jaguars would take the next step, not only in reclaiming the AFC South division, but kind of announcing their presence to the rest of the AFC. You know, coming off the insane run in the season, the comeback win in the playoffs, taking the Chiefs to the limit in the playoffs it felt like this team was going to take the next step. They made a lot of moves in the offseason. Well, they actually didn't make a lot of moves in the offseason. It was more you add Calvin Ridley and you bank on internal improvement from the young guys. This team was very young last year. I think last year they had the third youngest roster in the entire league. So you're kind of banking on that improvement. This year it's come along very, very slowly. And that's the thing that's kind of, stood out about this Jaguars team, especially on offense. It looks sluggish, and a lot of that can be placed on, well, play calling. You know, Press Taylor calling plays full-time. He did that back half of last season, too, when the Jaguars went on the run, so it really isn't like it's 
not a press Taylor thing, but the offensive line hasn't been that great to start the season. I believe they're one of the worst teams in terms of run blocking in, P- in uh, PFF and Sports Info Solutions. Pass blocking hasn't been great. Wow. And now you add Cam Robinson back, who missed the first four games of the season due to a PED suspension. It just felt like the offense was constricted by how poor the offensive line is played. And for an offense that wants to be uber efficient, they're not going to make a lot of explosive plays. They want to live in that 10 to 19 area of the field. I compared it to, you know, DeMar DeRozan. You know, he might not shoot all the three-pointers, but he's going to make his bank shooting contested mid-range jumpers. He's going to live mm-hmm. at the elbow. It might not look pretty, but it's effective. That's what the Jaguars want to be. You can't do that if you're slipping on routes, getting mm-hmm. pre penalties, because those are literally drive killers. You go from second and six to second and 11 or second and 10. Those are drive killers to an offense. So they really did need that Atlanta win over in London. I said before the game, they just needed to chill out. They needed to relax. Everybody just needed to take some of the pressure off. Maybe going to London would be the best for this team. The offense still looked a little sluggish, but you could tell there were a little more signs of life on third down. And that was mainly with Trevor Lawrence using his legs. So I'm very excited to see how they look this week going up against the Bills who are one of the best teams in the NFL and how this team responds because when they played the chiefs, it was one of their best defensive performances of the year. Mm-hmm. The offense couldn't come up to that level. Now I want to see what happens when both te- both sides of the ball are playing about to as equal as their potential. Okay. Now one of the things that you mentioned there that I want to follow up on. So you mentioned that the expectation for the team or not the expectation, but the way they want to move the ball is they don't really want the explosive play besides here or there, but they, they want to be efficient and almost methodical. It sounds like you're saying they just want to go right down the field and and get those not huge chunk, but just take, take what the defense gives you and move right down the field. That's surprising to me. Like I don't cover the team. So I, I look at them from the outside looking in to me, when you add a Calvin Ridley and you have a Christian Kirk and Travis ETN, um, I don't know. To me, I just assume like, okay, this team is one of those. They got some speed. They got some studs as receivers. They're going to try and, and, you know, be explosive and knock you out the park. It's it's weird. Not weird, but it's surprising to hear you say that. Why why do you feel like this team isn't more of a explosive team with those? Because I think you guys have amazing weapons. Like, I love Calvin Ridley, man. Like, I think the it was the entire plan last year with this Jaguars offense when they really started to get it going. They are not a, we're going to throw haymakers every time we touch the ball. If we're comparing boxing, they are a, we're going to throw this jab for all three rounds. And then when you think you're going to, we're going to hit you with the jab, then they hit you with the haymaker. That's when the big play comes. So they're going to throw screens. They're going to throw those RPOs. It'll look like five yards a pop. It'll be like six maybe, but they're going to keep hitting you. They're going to keep poking and prodding at you until you eventually make the mistake and then they hit you with the big play. That's been the entire Doug Peterson offense MO. They wanted to be more efficient in those areas. That's why they went and drafted Anton Harrison, Britton Strange, and Tank Bigsby on the first two days of the draft, because you want to be more efficient in those short areas, especially in the red zone. That hasn't happened yet because the offensive line just hasn't gelled yet. But that's what the ultimate goal is. So with Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley, especially Calvin Ridley, he is an easy separator in the intermediate areas of the field. That's really what killed the Jaguars last year. They didn't have a guy 
who could, I guess, compare it to basketball again. They didn't have a guy who could call ISO and get a mm-hmm. bucket. They, they didn't have that guy. Calvin Ridley is supposed to be that guy. But, you know, I think the first game of the season kind of set too high of an expectation for him yeah. because this is his first, this is his first like full NFL action in two years. So you see a lot of the drops, you see the slipping on routes. He's just rusty, you know? He's got to mm-hmm. get that rust off. It might take him a while because, again, hasn't played in two years, but eventually he'll get it back. I think in the meantime, they're going to get more Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram targets. Travis Etienne has played really, really good. He's been their most explosive offensive weapon. So that's how they're going to generate explosives through Etienne and through Zay Jones if he's healthy. They're more like they're more of a brutally efficient offense. I compare it to kind of like the Cowboys were last year. The Cowboys are this year, where they're not going to try and kill you with big play after big play. It's no, we're going to take these little six to eight yard hitch routes or the little dig routes every time. And we're going to force you to defend those. And then when you think we're going to throw it, we're going to hit you with a stop and go. I just I don't understand why more NFL teams like head coaches and offensive coordinators don't have that way of thinking. But like, honestly, I just feel like you should think that way as an offensive play caller, even as a Bills fan. So the last three games, Josh Allen's literally just taking whatever to do. Like it's so man, it's been so beautiful to watch as a Bills fan, because typically before Josh would force it, he would, you know, like, you know what? I got a strong arm. Let me just throw it in between these three defenders and try to get it to Diggs interception or let me run it and flip over two linebackers fumble instead now he's literally checking it down you're seeing him throwing it to running backs you're seeing him throwing it to his tight end and the more that these guys take literally what the defense is giving them the more impressive they look like I feel like Josh could be MVP every year if he if he literally just took what the defense gives him so when you're saying that about this team one of the things that I just mentioned that I love Calvin Ridley I'm actually really impressed and, and proud of who Zay Jones has become as a receiver, too. I think he's become very dependable for Lawrence. When he was in Buffalo, granted, he was a rookie, second-year player, but when he was in Buffalo, um, he had a lot of issues with um, creating the separation. He, he you know, drops and um, just not really fighting for the ball. He's made a ton of improvements. Talk to me a little bit about how you how you feel about Zay Jones as a as a role player on that team. So Zay Jones is one of my favorite players on the team, mainly because it feels like a big play every time he touches the ball. He is a, when he gets the ball, it's either a touchdown or it's a big play. It is when Trevor Lawrence is in the red zone, they run this play all the time where they have, it's like a super, super mesh where they have two receivers running one way and then Zay Jones coming out the back door the other way. That's um, the fourth and one where Trevor Lawrence got sacked on against Atlanta. That play is normally going to Zay Jones, but Zay didn't play, so Tim Jones took his spot, mm-hmm. didn't run the route the right way. Trevor Lawrence gets sacked. That's who he's looking for in the red zone. You know, that is his guy. I think the development of Zay Jones into being a legit, like, basically wide receiver three, like a high-level wide receiver three in this offense is really fun. He has a defined role in this team as kind of the field stretcher along with Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne, and allows Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley to kind of operate in these middle-of-the-field areas where they work the best. So I love Zay Jones. I love what he brings to this team. And you can tell when he's not in the game, the offense loses that verticality. I love that for him, man, because, like I said, in Buffalo, he had such a rough go, and the fan base was so hard on him. And 
you know, it was one of those things where we drafted him high. So he was a second round draft pick. So everybody had these expectations. And at the time, obviously, you know, then you draft Josh Allen. So it's like, okay, we got a young receiver to go with this young quarterback. He's going to be the guy. But I think sometimes it's okay to admit, and it's not a bad, it's not a bad thing to say. And I, I don't, I hope people don't take it like I'm dissing Zay here, but sometimes like, it's okay to say, no, this guy is an amazing wide receiver three. It, it like, I don't know why people get offended when somebody isn't when you like, he's not a wide receiver one. It's not a bad thing. Like you need a backup quarterback every team too. Like it's not a bad thing to say this man isn't a starter, but he's one of the best sixty-four quarterbacks in the in the country. I just don't understand when people get offended by that. So I love this for Zay Jones, man. Yeah, it, I mean, wide receiver threes get paid well. Zay Jones yeah. got paid twenty-four million by the Jaguars in the uh, last offseason. That that gets you a lot of money in the NFL and. Zay Jones has been really fun to watch. I love the defined roles that he has on this team. And it's again, it's it's like a guy like Evan Ingram who comes in and Doug Pearson yeah. finds a use for him instead of, you know, running him. You know, he's very fast, but in, on the Giants, he was always run fast down the field. Everybody knew what he was going to do because he's only running fast one way. Now with the Jaguars, they have him running more shallow routes crossers where you can get him running away from people this way so we can mm -hmm. use that ability after the catch instead of you know just turning into making him a basically a deep threat that's how you get more explosion in the offense you you have guys who can beat you both vertically in jones horizontally in ingram and then you have the in-between guys in ridley and kirk so they have defined roles it's just the execution just hasn't been there yet well, let's let's get into this matchup then. Um, so we just saw the Bills win in a for me, a very satisfying way. 48 20 <laughs> against the Miami Dolphins. Shout out to the Dolphins fans. Take that L and hold that for the rest of the season until January. So shout out to my Bills. So you're talking about a team that is just as impressive offensively as they are defensively. And we're coming across the, the pond to face you guys. As a Jaguar, so say you're a, a defensive coordinator. After watching the last three weeks, like week one is like Josh Allen's throwing the ball away, giving it away. Cool. We want that, Josh, if you're on defense. But now looking at the last three weeks, he looks to be in the MVP conversation again. He looks to be one of those guys that looks poised. He's not turning the ball over. He's efficient. As a defensive coordinator, what are what are you saying to your team this week preparing for this game? So if I'm a defense coordinator, especially a Jaguars defense coordinator, Mike Caldwell, and this is sort of my philosophy as someone who watches football, I'm going to force the issue. I don't want to be a reaction, a reactionary defense. I want to force you into making decisions. With Josh Allen, I think the best way to get him flustered is forcing him to think quicker or slowing down his process, you know? So that might that's not just you know, rotating a safety post snap. That's not exactly what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is bringing guys up on the line of scrimmage and then dropping them or having somebody that's off the line of scrimmage come and blitz. Make his thinking go, oh, nobody's there. I'm good. Oh, snap. There's a guy coming free. I have to do something here. And Josh Allen goes haywire. You want to speed up his process. Make him think that you have. he has to do it all by himself. That's what happened against the Jets. The run game wasn't really working because the Jets' defensive line is awesome. And then he thinks he has to do it all by himself, and he throws three balls in the double coverage. So with the Jaguars especially, they're one of the best teams in the NFL at defending the run. 
they are built to defend the run. Mike Caldwell comes from the Todd Bowles, Tampa Bay defense, where they want to live in base personnel, which is three defensive linemen and then Josh Allen, Trevon Walker, and then both linebackers on the field. Mm-hmm. If they can live there, they are going, they feel like they can win the game because they have you beat stopping the run. They are Foley Fatukasi. Trevon Walker is one of the best edge rushers in the NFL at defending the run. The past game, that is an entirely different conversation, but Against the run, he is one of the best in the NFL. They are built to force you into second and long, third and long, and then they'll get into their creative pressure looks where they'll show Rayshon Jenkins at the line of scrimmage, and then next thing you know, Rayshon Jenkins is hauling ass back down the middle of the field as the middle <laughs> run for Tampa 2. That's how they want to force the issue. We talk a lot about changing the picture for defenses, especially in the secondary with rotating post-snap. But changing the picture up front is just as important. And that's where I think you can beat Josh Allen. Change the picture up front. Make him think that there's immediate pressure coming. So now he's starting to go a little haywire. The brain is starting to think a little faster. And that's how you get to him. So I'm a force the issue. Force him to make those snap decisions. Don't let him, don't let him sit back there and have time to decipher the defense. I hear you. And, and um, you know, I think... For a lot of defenses, that's that's try that's been the goal. Um, only thing is, though, now as a Bills fan, being able to watch it closely and see, I think I understand the way of thinking. But I think if you look at years past, like the last couple of years, he actually does very well against pressure, very well against um, the blitz and all that stuff. So I get what you're, but you're also saying it doesn't necessarily have to be a blitz. Like make him think it's a blitz and then fall back. I just, if I was a Jaguars coordinator, I, I think my concern would be at least me i wouldn't try to to really focus on the run this as this week as much i know the bills this season we look better with james cook uh damian harris looks good like we we're looking a lot better as a running team but i I, honestly god i think if if you guys try and like just stop the run and then you know hope that josh allen is making big mistakes if he looks like he does the last three weeks i just i don't see it being i don't see it going in the jaguars favor um now as a on the other side of it, I, I think if I was the Jags coordinator, if you're able to kind of shut down those little windows, that because it seems like now Josh is getting really comfortable with, like like I said, he's taking those checkdowns. And he, if you guys can kind of like make sure that you keep everything in front of you and don't let things get, you know, you just got to get off the field. If you can keep, then I think that's the way to do it. The run game has been impressive because I think teams are so scared of Josh right now. Yeah, and I think for the Jaguars, especially up front, they are very good on early that. I think they're one of the top five defenses in the league on early downs. It's late downs where they have the problem. And that's because they cannot win with four defenders rushing the passer. They are a, we want to, we want to send pressure. We want to make it look like we're bringing pressure. We want you to waste blockers, waste extra targets, having to think you have to block everybody. So what the bills, what the bills have to do is, Instead of getting into these third and longs, and it's, of course, every offense wants to say this, getting to third and six or third and five where they can't show those blitzes. They can't have Trey Herndon walked up for the nickel spot on the line of scrimmage because what he's just what Josh Allen can just do is just flip the ball out and it's a first down because the first, first down mark is right there. What, you, what the Bills have to do is continue to remain efficient, like you said. Take the check downs, but be efficient with those, you know? You can make guys miss. Take those five-yard plays. I think that's what the Jaguars want you to 
think and be like, hey, we're going to take, we're going to let them have those shutdowns, but then we're going to tackle, you know, and we're going to force them into second and long, third and long. But if you take those five yard plays and you get them in like third and four, third and five, they can't win with four. So Josh Allen on the Jaguar side is the really only true winner as a pass rusher. So they have to blitz. They have to. And, and I, the thing that you mentioned about third down is interesting to me with them not being able to get off the field on defense. The last three weeks, the Bills are actually league leading in the last three weeks at 55.26% on third down conversion. So uh, Bills fans listening to this, that's something that you should probably keep an eye on for the game. It's going to be strength versus weakness in a way, according to what JP is saying here, that, you know, the Jaguars defensively, they, they struggle on third. And Bills fans, you know what that's like. Like, yeah, it's it, this year, not as much like it's been so much fun to watch so far, but there'll be a ton, ton of times in years past where it seems like first and second down, we're doing it. And then third down, and it's like we had this bend but don't break mentality where it's kind of like we just kind of let teams go up and down the field between the 20s and we just stop them once they get to the red zone. But it's frustrating as a Bills fan when it's like, yo, I don't even want y'all giving up. Get off the dog on field, man. <laughs> get off the damn field. So um, I'm sure that's frustrating. But let, let's um go ahead and transition and let's get to it. Everybody knows what time this is. It is third down in this segment. If you're a hump day hotline listener, if you listen to us every week, then you know that we always do our stat line for Josh Allen and our prediction for the score for the game. This week, since JP is my special guest, we are going to, I'm going to take that responsibility away as far as the Josh Allen stat line, but we're going to put Trevor Lawrence stat line on him. So he's going to talk to us a little bit about what his expectations are for Trevor Lawrence, and I'll talk about the Bills stat line for Josh, and then we'll both give a game prediction, and uh, then we'll get on out of here. JP, the floor is yours, man. Talk to me about Trevor. So I think in this game, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have to throw for over 240 passing yards. I think this is going to be a game where, you know, he's going to have to throw the ball to win the game. The Jaguars' run game hasn't been great this year, and the Bills' defensive line has been awesome at defending the run. So it's really a strength versus weakness up front. One of the things that Trevor Lawrence does really well what he's done so well so far is on those third downs where they get in the third and long, a lot of the Jaguars offense is, hey, Trevor, save us. And he did that last week with his legs as well as his arm. You think about the touchdown to Calvin Ridley where he makes a guy miss and then throws it 30 yards on a dime. That's just that's what Trevor Lawrence can do. So I think he's going to have to throw for over 240. I think he's going to have to carry the ball a lot. And it, not, it might not just be like, those scrambles where nobody's open. It's going to be design runs, you know? It's going to be maybe a third and three zone read keeper where he keeps the ball and gets a first down. He's going to have to be efficient with his legs in light of the run game not working. So I'm predicting 240 passing yards. I'll say he has at least four four carries. So it's going to have to be a Trevor Lawrence superhuman game. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. 
It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Okay, and, and you know what? And the thing is, I'm a Trevor Lawrence fan, so like, I wouldn't be mad if that happened. I just want you to end up on the wrong side of the winning uh, side this week. But uh, so for Josh, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna say that this week, I feel like now we haven't done um, international games as much recently as we used to. We, it seemed like we used to always be the team. Now it seems like you almost have a second home as a team overseas and i think you're leading the league by far i think like by 11 or 10 games or something like that uh overseas over the last however many years i think that's cool i hate it personally as a bills fan like i hate it 6 30 in the morning like well for me so i'm in phoenix so the the time i gotta I, i'm watching the game at 6 30 sunday i can't even like i'm i can't pre, i can't tailgate like i, I can't pregame nothing man i you don't get drunk <laughs> at 6 30 in the morning something's wrong with you you know like i can't do it but um, I will say, I think that we we used to struggle um, going overseas like that and, and kind of like, I just think being acclimated um, to the time difference and even just like it, I think sometimes people try to overhype it. I don't want to overhype it, but I do think um, not being able to have your normal routine matters to these guys. Like these guys are, any NFL, any professional player is, they're, they're creatures of habit. So I feel like, you know, this week is a completely different routine for them. I think that might cause them to start off a little early. So because of that, I still think Josh has a good game. I just don't think it starts off the way Bills fans want it to. So I don't think it's going to be the 350 and four touchdowns with one on the ground this week. I think with the Bills win, but I think it's going to be like a 270, uh, maybe two touchdowns in the air. Hopefully no turnovers, but I'm going to give him one interception here. I think he's going to kind of that first quarter, I think he's going to try to get some of those early jitters out and make a, a difficult decision trying to force it to Steph or Gabe. And and I think that they get one from us. But but I do think now with the score prediction, um, I think again, I think they figured out in the second half. I think the Bills end up taking this one like 27 to 20. I think I think the Jags are going to show that Calvin Ridley is the real deal. I was so pissed. Oh, can I just wait? Rewind. Can I just talk about how look, Bills fans, we love I love Brandon Bean. I love Sean McDermott. We love Gabe Davis. I love Gabe. Man, I love Gabe Davis. A lot of drops last year really disappointed me with that. So I've been rough on him when it comes to that. You have to catch the ball. This season, he's doing a lot better. So I'm I'm loving him. A second round draft pick for Calvin Ridley. Who was suspicious? So really, it was almost like so last year, y'all just kind of like had him in the cut. It was like, yeah, we just got this stash. We good. Come out, offense starts to look great in the second half of the season. Christian Kirk is playing out of his mind. Zay Jones, who we just talked about a minute ago, turns into like a real contributor for an NFL team, and he earns his contract. You got Evan Ingram balling. And then you add Calvin Ridley? Are you kidding me? Could you imagine Josh Allen with Stephon Diggs, Calvin Ridley? It don't even matter if we would have traded Gabe or not, but just could you imagine the three of those guys or just the two of those guys on the same Calvin Ridley for a second-round draft pick? It was so funny when that trade went down because Jaguars were, I think, like three and seven at the time. And I remember tweeting after they made the trade, like, we're on the 2023. I was ready to punt on the season. Hey, I'm cool with whatever happens. 
let's see what happens with Calvin Ridley. Then they make the run that they did. And I'm like, oh, now we're adding Calvin Ridley to this? Man. And it, so oh. it's so fun. The The reports out of camp are he has been everything that has been advertised. You know, he's still working off the cobwebs, you know. I think mm-hmm. that's a very, very real thing, you know, because he hasn't played football in a few years. So I'm ready, to, I'm ready to see if he can get back that kind of week one look. I'm hoping it comes this week. We'll see. I think I'm excited to see what happens. I'm hoping it doesn't come this week, but I'm with it. Like I want, I want Calvin Ridley to be that guy. I love Calvin Ridley and that. Um, now, so obviously, so with SB Nation, DraftKings is our is you know our main betting sponsor, and we do a lot of good work with them. Shout out to our team over at DraftKings. Um, but I did since it's Calvin Ridley, since we brought it up, how how silly or how how silly do you think the suspension was? He was he was suspended for betting on games that he wasn't active in. I'm not. I, I let me get this out first. I think that betting in the NFL should be banned. I, I don't think players should be able to bet. I will say that. However, if your official sponsor or your official partner for your entire league and your whole marketing campaign is centered around DraftKings or FanDuel or whoever. And then these guys participate in the game that they don't have a competitive advantage or insider information about. I don't understand why it's a full season. Now, shaving points or throwing the game, kick them out the league. But I should be able to bet on a team that I don't know. Maybe that's just me. How do you feel about it? So the way I feel about it with Calvin Ridley and especially the entire betting thing was. You can't you can't bet on NFL games if you're an NFL player. You can't bet on your own team. I understand he was away from the team, but you still have that kind of insider team information. It feels very weird, you know. I mean, when it comes to if you're betting on like non-NFL games, go for it. I I have no problem with that. But if you are in the NFL, you can't bet on NFL games. That just that just doesn't make sense to me. Okay. Um, and like I said, and I understand like the one aspect of it. I think the reason why for me, I go back and say, it's as stupid is because literally you can't go to an NFL event. Like, dude, I went to the, so I went to a couple of bills games already this season. You go to the bills game and you walk in, they have a betting site right in the stadium where you can go in and place your bets. Uh, you go to Vegas, obviously Vegas has it. You go to LA, all of these stadiums have it right in the stadium. Like I, I just think it's a bit hypocritical when the NFL was making so much money from having a betting partner, and then now you're and and there were new rules that were released. Um, I think that the NFL Players Association decided or agreed on or something, or maybe I don't know. I, I don't want you know. I didn't read too much into the story, so I don't know if they if it was a suggestion or if it passed. But I just I don't know. It bothers me when it feels so hypocritical. Yeah, I think. The NFL and NFLPA, they kind of came together and kind of relaxed the rules a little bit or the bans for gambling, which is why Jameson Williams is able to get uh, unsuspended so quickly. It does it does feel very hypocritical with the NFL being partnered with gambling sites. But at the same time, you know, it, it also is kind of odd. Like, I'm not going to say odd, but gambling on your own team with the information that, like, you have on said team like it'd be very weird if like if like a player who plays for like the jaguars bet on the jaguars to lose like what do you know like what what information do you know like that has to do with like 
injuries or things that are happening within the behind the scenes that fans or other other parts of the, uh, the NFL like landscape don't know about. So there's that kind of it's a very information like I guess the best way to describe it is NFL teams do not like information leaking from anywhere when it comes to anything and a player betting on for or against his own team might be seen as some way of leaking information that only that team knows about his team or the team they're playing against. Okay. I'm, like I said, I'm with you. He bet for them to win. They got beat down by the bills. I don't know if everybody remembers that or not. It was, it was a bills game that this happened on, but now, okay. And I'm sorry for that, that, that rant there. And, and, you know, I go on tangents, man, but now give me your score prediction. You gave us your, uh, your quarterback stat line. Now give us a, a game prediction. So I'm going to go with a Bills win. I'm going to go 30 to 20. I think the Bills kind of start off a little sluggish. This is going to be the Jaguars' second game in London this week, so they'll probably come out a whole lot crisper on offense. I think they'll come up, they'll come up to an early lead, but then I just think the Bills' offense has too much. I think the defense is going to find a way to get home. This is going to be Cal, not Cal, Cam Robinson's first game back in the uh, NFL lineup. So they're going to bring a lot of pressure. I don't know what's going to happen over at right tackle. Will Anton Harrison keep that spot? What's going to happen at left guard with Tyler Shatley? Will Walker Little play left guard? There's a lot of shuffling along the offensive line that has to happen for an offensive line that hasn't really been that great this season. I feel like that's something that the Bills' defensive line can exploit. They're going to they're going to pull away with a win. Okay. Well, that's what we're hoping for in Buffalo, but I agree with you. I think we're pretty close. I said, what, 27 to 20 or 28 to 20? You said 30. So, yeah, I think we're in agreement here. It's going to be one of those games where the Bills come out a little sluggish and then they get it together. But I think it's going to be entertaining. I'm I'm looking forward to watching this game. I like both teams. Uh, so, for the record, for the rest of the season, good luck to you and your guys just this weekend. I hope that it's nothing, man. I hope you are depressed. I hope that, you know, <laughs> but really good luck this season, man. Uh, you got anything you want to plug real quick before we get out of here? Um, no, just establish the fun. Every Friday, I write about things that I find fun in football. So check that out. It's it's my baby. It is something that I've always that I've worked on for the past couple of years at SB Nation. So you should check it out. All right. Like I said, make sure you guys go follow him over there um, on all of his socials. You can see if you're watching them via pod, you can you can see it or vidcast. I say you should see it on the screen. I'll throw it in the comments or in the um, description for the pod, so everybody has it there as well. Um, and JP, thank you so much, man. Keep doing your thing. Are we doing are we doing spaces at any point? Like the Thursday spaces that we used to do. Are we doing those anymore? Yeah, we are. I think me and Cole got it fired up. I think we're gonna try for this week again, but it is Bears and Commanders. I don't know if we want to do one. Okay. Well, but well, we'll let me know when we'll Yeah, when it gets jumping, let me know and I'll jump in there. And uh ladies and gentlemen, y'all know wait, before I go, I, I mentioned it earlier, I want to mention it again. I know you can barely see the shirt, but I'm wearing a shirt. This month is Depression Awareness Month. So I just want to remind everybody that broken crayons still color. So people who are depressed, people who are suffering from these things are still people and they still are able to function in life. And sometimes they just think a little differently. Sometimes things uh, you know, it's just a darker world for them. So let's love each other, take care of each other, and live in peace. And as always, stay positive, test negative, go bills.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.